Light thinks it travels faster than anything, but it's wrong. No matter how fast light travels, it finds darkness has always gotten there first and is waiting for it. Terry Pratchett Incoming Transmission Origin Phantasmagoric Oddities Emporium Uncharted Realms Stand by for Transmission something happened. Louie and I were walking on the beach on this level, and there was a bright flash that lit up the night like it was daytime almost. I'm assuming it came from the Poe. The flash gave me an idea. Fresnel lensing. It's basically the concept used to focus light in a lot of high-intensity light bulbs that we have today, and it's also used for uh, focusing the light on lighthouses, so that way it can pierce as far as it possibly can into the darkness through whatever weather condition as far as the horizon will allow. Aye, there be no horizon. That's just what the Atanamuli want you to believe. It's more of a realm shape, really. Alright, alright, just hold your horses. In the early days of lighthouses, or at least relatively modern lighthouses as we know them, say the last 300 years, they used to use these really big lenses to try to focus the light in one direction, you know, like a great big giant magnifying glass, but it didn't really work that well. And another problem they had was those lenses were huge, like six feet tall and like two feet thick. Like, I mean, they were heavy as hell. Well, fuck me. This is heavy. Why can't they make these things out of plastic? Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe the fact that plastic won't be invented for a couple hundred years might have something to do with it, but I'm just guessing. Now, the reason that the glass had to be so thick in the center was it had to act like a magnifying glass. When you look at your common magnifying glass from the side, you'll see that it's convexed, which means it bows out. That allows the light to kind of fall into it, get focused, and then refocus out the other side. The shape itself is very important. Because as light travels, once it strikes a denser medium, it'll kind of change direction. Like if it's traveling through air and then it hits glass, it's going to actually angle. There's a good experiment you can do that you can do at home and be able to see for yourself. 
Now, a way to grasp this idea, kids, is take a small but strong flashlight, one with a very focused beam, place it on a table, then place a glass of water in front of it, in front of the beam, that is, preferably a square or rectangular glass. It'll make seeing the light jump a lot easier. When you look down from the top, you'll notice that the light changes its direction as it passes through the water. As the light passes through the denser medium, the water versus air, the light will bend. Depending on the shape of the surface where the light wave slash particle impacts the medium, dictates the direction of the particle will travel. Same thing happens when it passes through glass. A French physicist, Augustine Jean Fanel, realized that there was a way to make the glass thinner, but still have the light bend in the same way. Fresnel realized that you could take the same large lens, empty out the inside of the lens, giving it a less dense medium for the light to travel through. So as it passes through the glass, it angles, it travels through the void in between the glass, hits the prism on the other side of the glass, and gets refocused. Same concept as the glass of water experiment, but in reverse. Now, the opposing sides, they need to be parallel. While entering the glass, would be angled in the direction of the intended focus. But once it entered into the less dense medium, the air pocket on the inside, its direction would continue from its original direction until hitting the opposing parallel side and then continuing along its original path of focus. By doing this, he was able to reduce the weight of the glass used for the lenses, yet still have the same amount of focusing factor of the curvature of the original glass. But now you have the problem of this really wide lens, but very little material, such as it's very thin on the inside, and which makes it very brittle. Fragile. What, do you suppose that's Italian? He then worked out by cutting these parallels out of the inside of the glass into sections. He could then collapse the glass in onto itself, keeping the exterior curvature of the original focus. This way, he basically had a bunch of prisms stacked up on top of each other. These stacked curved prisms would actually bend the light in the direction that he wanted the light to go. And with these stacked together, he could collapse the whole structure down to a grand total of nine inches versus the original two feet that it used to be. He then also discovered that you could actually remove one side, the receptor side, where your light source is, have it strike a flat surface with the curved prisms on the opposite side of the flat surface and it could focus the light even better so that we have a much more high intensity light. And now you've got your thickness of your glass down to six inches. There should be a graphic in the Poe Facebook group by the time you hear this because this has turned out to be way harder to explain than I thought. Anyway, another thing that Fresnel worked out was that he was able to space out those prisms, allowing for airflow so that way the light source could be, you know, cooled a little bit easier, but it also expanded the focal point of the lens itself. So if you had made a focal point for a 2x6 lens, you could actually trim it down to just 6 inches wide with stacked prisms, and then you can space those prisms out. You can turn it into an 8 foot wide focusing lens, simply by adjusting how far back you have each prism stack over each other. Again, I thought it would be easier to describe, but we'll get a graphic up on the Facebook. Hello, don't change What's that, Louis? What's Facebook? Yeah, I forget you aren't from Earth 007. In the reality that I come from, we have an online social media site that's called Facebook. It replaced a social media site that was once known as MySpace, which was really cool. Because if you knew some basic coding, 
You could change your background, add music, post animations. You could do all kinds of cool stuff. Hey, dude, check out my animated GIF I made in Illustrator and Photoshop of a spaceship doing barrel rolls around asteroids. Whoa! Whoa! I think it started to fade, MySpace, when there was a, this hot Vietnamese chick named Veronica Vodka or something. I don't remember. She was super hot, openly bisexual, which at the time was still pretty racy person that was an open book and she would draw folks in with you know very revealing photos of her and her friends she used to have a website that was called veronica's hotspot i think which was a paid subscription website which is now the business model for OnlyFans. she was kicked off of that platform friendster and tom gave her a spot on myspace and she blew up like wildfire long story short it seems like she had had an aneurysm which altered her personality which she was already starting to show signs of an altered personality before the aneurysm, but that particular thing seemed to push her over the edge. So, now she's a neo-Nazi, I guess. Yeah, don't ask me how a non-Caucasian woman becomes a neo-Nazi, but it happened. Don't get me started on that nut job, Kanye West. Anyway, Facebook was supposed to be a more mature meeting place by limiting what you could actually do with the background and giving you basically just a news feed of conversations and personal updates and a shit ton of what state should you really be from and can this pickle get more fans than Moretta or something like that. Oh shit, I need to go check on my crops in farm town. I'm pretty sure I have watermelons ready. Oh, that's bullshit. That guy has to be using an owl clicker or something. That's cheating. Now, Facebook, it's pretty much an echo chamber for like-minded individuals that as long as you don't say anything like, I would kill Joseph Duncan, which if you don't know who that is, check out the Time Suck episode from January 2020. That came out before the dark times. Before the lockdown. Oh my god, I need to get toilet paper. Oh, there's no toilet paper. Oh my god. <sighs> That's fair. Shit's been going dark for a tick. But let's not go down that road today, alright? I'm gonna start going off about the satanic panic, or child beauty pageants, Catholic Church, or Disney. Anyway, my point is more how Facebook has now gotten to the point that, unless your humor is about as vanilla as fuzzy pink handcuffs, even posting an image of Jeffrey Dahmer eating at Five Guys, saying that he doesn't think there's Five Guys in the burger, it'll get you in Facebook jail for a week or more. But good old real boy Tiago. Hello, my name is Tiago. I assure you, I am a real boy. Even if it comes up as a memory from six years ago, you can still get locked down. Sure, you can appeal it, but the boss will always say, We will look into it. Only to turn around and laugh at you. Ha 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 ha. Go fuck yourself, because the mighty Zap has decreed it. Resistance is futile. Anyway, I'm getting off subject. Come on over to the Poe Facebook group to see exactly what I mean on how these lenses work. Really, they are some of the most beautiful things you'll ever see. Not my art, but the actual lenses. You know what, that's an excellent question, Louis. The way they would make the light rotate in the house was a system of gears and pulleys and a bunch of weights. Kind of like a big old grandfather clock. You would have this large weight that would be dangling and it would drop to the ground and it would turn this great big drum and that would turn all these gears and the actual lenses of the lighthouse sat on this big kind of rotating track and it would turn the light that way so that's how that worked there's a lot of 
work that goes into a lighthouse. And in fact, it's actually a light tower. The lighthouse is the place where the keeper would actually live. Some lighthouses, like say out in the ocean, yeah, the keeper lives inside the lighthouse itself. But in most cases, on land, you'll have a light tower and you'll have a lighthouse. Now back to your question on how they make the flashes. Flashes were achieved because they were able to space the lenses apart. Say that you have an 11-sided lens housing. Then you get one lens that has a bullseye on it. That's called a flash panel. Say you have one flash panel, blank panel, say four flash panels, blank panel, three more flash panels, blank panel, and then it comes back to the one. That helped mariners be able to figure out you know, which lighthouse they were looking at as they were heading up and down the coast. Every lighthouse has a unique flashing pattern and are uniquely painted. Out. 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 Hey, Jimmy, stop looking directly into that light. You burn out your lateness. Out. 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 That's exactly right, Louie. That was a pattern from Minas Sledge Lighthouse, or better known in Romantics as the I Love You Lighthouse. One, four, three. Nice job. Yeah, that lighthouse was completed in August of 1860, and it still stands to this day. It took five years to build because they were working out in the Atlantic on nearly invisible rocks. Off of Cohasset, Massachusetts. Not far from Boston. But to be fair, Massachusetts is a pretty small state. Yeah, it's pretty far when you consider how fucked up roads is. Old walking trails turned into roads. So, nothing in Massachusetts is far from Boston. Again, fucked up roads is. Anyway, it took them so long because they could only work in a very limited number of hours of the year. They had to do it in low tide, during calm water, calm weather. It was a very tight window for the North Atlantic. All right, Jimmy, get on out there. Don't be such a little wuss. All right, oh shit, we just lost another one. Hey, Frank. Yeah, blow me, Donnie. Oh shit, yeah, dude's got washed out to sea all the time. Couldn't tell you how many. But it was definitely more than few. Hey, Frank. How you doing, man? Well, Bob, let me tell you. I'm working out here on this tiny-ass rock out in the middle of the ocean. Waves keep trying to knock us off while hauling up these big granite rocks off that little schooner over there. While sharks could be waiting for the next hot meal. How you think I'm doing? There are sharks in these waters? I don't know. I grew up in Ohio. I'm just a mason. I haven't been on the ocean until now. Yeah, so many lives were lost. But once in a while, someone swept off the rock would find their way back to shore. Hey, Frank, you're alive, man. How you doing? Well, Bob, let me tell you. I found a porpoise who saved my life. How you think I'm doing? You found a purpose? No, a porpoise. Once I hit the water, she swam up, brought me back to shore. Her name's Rhonda. We're gonna get married next year. See you later, Bob, babe. Now, the lighthouse gets its strength by the way that the granite blocks are cut. They have dovetail design in which you have fluted sections, kind of like the ones of a bow tie that would interlock with each of the blocks. Where the shape was hollowed out in one block, an adjoining block would have that shape as an extrusion. Parts of the eddy stone, that's the rocks that are just below the surface level, have these same male-female channels carved into them, making the whole structure actually part of the rock. This method was actually created by a mathematical instrument maker and engineer by the name of John Smeaton. In 1756, he proposed, Create a tower in the shape of an oak tree, 
Wide at the base with a large footprint, tapered towards the top, flute the base of the lamp room outwardly to deflect water climbing up the tower. This whole assembly must be pieced together with interlocking blocks that are equally interlocked with the foundation stone. This will bond the structure tighter together and more rigid with the increased magnitude of the force exerted upon it. Actually, no, that wasn't the only beacon that was built out there. There was a previous lighthouse built out there in 1849. This was designed by a fellow named, you know, Swift. Uh, yeah, Captain William Swift. He didn't think the cylindrical design would work in this particular situation, so he tried doing his own thing. And more, much more than this, I did it. They drove long iron legs into the rock, thinking thinner was better. Yahweh Buddha. Actually, I'm pretty sure that means wider is better, but whatever. Nobody remembers that commercial anyway. Like the gorilla in the Swanson commercial. Oh, Samsonite. I was way off. To let the water pass through. It was an odd-looking thing from what I hear. It looked like a big red egg on long stilts. Kind of like some kind of a weird sea monster or something. Supplies were definitely weather-dependent. Just imagine being stuck out there for months, locked in by Atlantic ice. On January 9th, 1851, a letter from Keeper Bennett describing life in the lighthouse was published in a local papers. So precarious is our situation that there is prospect that this may never reach you. The rods put into the section are bent in fantastic shapes. Some are torn asunder from their fastenings. The ice is so massive that there is no appearance of the ladder. The sea is now running at least 25 feet above level, and each one roars like a heavy peal of thunder. The northern part of the foundation is split. The lighthouse shakes at least two feet each way. I feel as seasick as I ever did on board any ship. Think not that I will ever flinch from my post, though the waves should gain mastery over which they are so incessantly striving. When I accepted this post, I closed my ears against reports from the former keeper, treating them as I now find too lightly. Here I shall remain, so long as a vestige of this lighthouse remains, but the truth must be told. Captain Swift then responded with, Now a lighthouse can be built, or may not, which can be made to stand securely in its place for, say, $40,000? Would it be wise to extend $200,000 or more for, say, a stone tower? The answer, we think, is obvious. If it can be made safe, build the pile of light. If it cannot be made safe, build the tower. Time, the great expounder of truth or fallacy of the question, will decide for or against Manal. But inasmuch, the light has outlived nearly three winters. There is some hope that it may survive one or two more. Nature responded by tearing it down just three months later, taking with it two assistant lighthouse keepers, while Bennett had rowed ashore during a break in the storm to buy a new boat for the station. Joseph Wilson and Joseph Antoine were in the tower fearing for their lives. Wilson climbed up the iron ladder up to the lantern, but he found it impossible to descend into the living quarters. Sometime around 1 a.m., Residents on the mainland could hear the keepers furiously ringing the fog bell. As the iron sports started to snap one by one, the bell fell silent. 
Well, oopsie. Looks like I misinterpreted that one. You know, before European settlers even arrived, local tribes of the area believed that there was an evil spirit that lived in the water to destroy boats. From 1695 to 1750, something like 80 ships and over 400 lives were lost on that outcrop. That's like three ships every two years. The spot actually gets its name from a Boston merchant named George Minot, who lost a very valuable ship there. One of the earliest accounts of lighthouses comes from Homer's Iliad and the Odyssey, although at the time that that took place, which was most likely during the Bronze Age collapse of the early 12th century BCE, they weren't in fact lighthouses as we know them, but more like large fires built on high cliff walls to light routes for trade, and not just on sea, but also on land. What, are you even sure you know where you're going? I am simply following the lights that are up on the hill there. We are a number of years too early for electricity. That's right, buddy. The lighthouse was even one of the wonders of the ancient world. The Pharos of Alexandria. It was built by Pisostratus of Cygnus, probably for Ptolemy I, but was finished during his son's reign, Ptolemy II. See how that works. In, uh, I think it was like 280 BCE. It was said to stand more than 350 feet tall. Now at the time, the only thing that was taller than that was the Great Pyramid of Giza. And that height record wasn't even broken until the Eiffel Tower was built, which is twice as high at 10,063 feet, including a television antenna that's on the top. The lighthouse was square with an octagonal midsection topped with a cylindrical structure that had a large fire room perched atop that, which was accessed by a spiraling staircase. And rumor has it there might have been a statue of Alexander on the top, but no one knows for sure. It didn't actually make it to the world's wonder list until I think it was like the 6th century CE, when it actually replaced the great walls of Babylon. But Babylon was able to stay on the table with their hanging gardens. That lighthouse actually stood until the 12th century of the Common Era, until it was brought down by an earthquake. Prior to that, under Muslim rule, the Sultan Ahmed ibn Talon replaced the beacon in the Middle Ages with a small mosque on the very top. The primary structure of that lighthouse stood for almost 1,500 years. That's older than some of the ideals of men and women in Congress these days. We are voting against House Bill 226, which proposes to grant $6 million to Idaho's Education Board. This measure will make it easier for mothers to leave the home and let others raise their child. The ruins were used in 1477 by the Mameluk Sultan Bay to build a fort near the original site. Sorry, no, you're right, man. Uh, back to my main point. Anyway, the flash made me start thinking about lensing and angular momentum of light. So maybe radio waves can work that same way too. So it occurred to me that maybe if you can calculate the various discrepancies in location and time, through all the phase inverters, maybe you can get a lock onto our level. It's just a thought. Anyway, this battery is dying. Louis saw a tower of some sort way off in the distance when the flash happened. So we're gonna try to make our way there and check it out. Uh, maybe we can find a way home there. Uh, it takes about a week for these batteries to charge. Not sure what that is in po time, but this should give you a gauge of how slow time is moving for us compared to you based on these transmissions. Hope you're all doing okay out there. Hope Bert's feeling better. Take care, y'all. Hope to see you soon. Don't forget to check out Scatcast. That's S-K-A-T-C-A-S-T for a shit ton of fun content, dipshittery, and even helpful man therapy that can probably be applied to almost any self-aware meat sack. They have a little bit of everything over there. Check them out. Till then, one, four, three. Be safe.
and it'll be fine. Trust me. Paul and Louis signing off. How does it happen that two can be tender and one be the lender of love and emotion that covered the ocean of sadness that kept them together? Love would have started, was easy to measure, each day was a Some who believe that life here began out there. Far across the universe, tribes of humans who may have been the forefathers of the Egyptians, or the Toltecs, or even the Mayans. Some believe that our very governments of the world are in contact with those not of this earth. Their technology from off-world, even now, is being tested. And some believe a shadow organization with no national ties are the true puppeteers of human progress. Project Omni, the collection of all retrieved extraterrestrial vehicles to be consolidated at one spot, Paradise Range. Now we can't risk this getting out to the public. This is so top secret, I can't even tell who I can trust anymore. I absolutely agree. This is so classified, I didn't even have clearance. Wait, what? Then why am I telling you? I don't know, really. But I know just the person for the job. He helped with setting up Project Blue Book. Well, so he knows the area? No, but he's retrieved many of the artifacts that are out there. He says he's retired, but I can bring him in. Coming this summer, an ill-thought-out, brand-new series. Yeah, I heard the and something told me not to answer. Hey, Hank. Phone's for you, man. Says her name is Dr. Lilitu. Yeah, tell her I'm not here. She said you'd say that, man. She says a Z is missing. Nah, hell. The Project Omni entries. This is Gray. What's happened to Z? Nothing. He's fine. I just knew that would get you on the phone. Boy, howdy. You sure do have a set on you, don't you? Hank, it's important. The Gray Files. The most advanced technology on the planet will be condensed here into this one location. I need a chief of security to oversee the transport of the sensitive materials. The site of destination is Paradise Ranch. Assignment 51. Yeah, that really sounds like a pain in the ass, but... Sure, why not? I'm not doing anything anyway. When the final transport is complete, I'm back to retirement, all right? By the way, where is this Paradise Ranch? Why do I think this is an ironic name? 
It's in Watertown. Ah, uh, Nevada, really? From the weirdo who created the Phantasma, we're in the process of setting up Earth's first spaceport. What about all the other sites? I know there's a lot going on there. Those are pretty much just warehouses. They will come online eventually, though. The Phantasma Gee. Well, now this looks familiar. Oh, you're familiar with Roswell? Oh, yeah. The Phantasma or I. Z, how'd you get roped into this? Well, my job prospects were pretty limited over here. Biodevelopment? Project Halifax? What is this? Oh, for crying out loud, you guys aren't trying to make another con, are you? Look, I know how this looks. The uh, Oddities Emporium. Look, all I'm saying is that we really need to improve communication around here. Hold your fire. Marty? Is that you? Ah, jeepers. Everybody stand down. That's exactly why Dulce went down the way it did. Yeah! Chupacabra? Seriously? Oh yeah, man. They're like all over the mountains here. And no one thought to mention this to me? Uh, yeah, man. We kind of thought you knew. Yeah, we kind of everybody knew. I mean, you have to be daft, man, not to know that they're out there. Didn't you see the signs? Yeah, and let me guess. Skinwalkers too, right? Oh yeah. Ugh, I hate the desert. A new show for you to waste your time with. No, we aren't going to kill anybody who isn't trying to kill us. Oh, but he's so annoying. He's like the worst alien in the galaxy. The conspiracy tales you didn't know you didn't want to know. Oops, looks like we lost another one. Yeah, that was my bad. I almost topped my top score on Fuaga. Well, did you? No, I hit the striker when Jimmy turned into a giant pancake. Well, it wasn't worth it. Now was it? Get another clone? Yeah, it'll be a little while. Keith Wasters is making another one. Seriously, he goes through those things like most people go through socks. You think everything's a conspiracy. Everything is. The tales of Hank Gray and his time at Dreamland. Look, I'm sure it'll be fine. Trust me! Possibly a new timeless classic. Shall we go after him? No, I'm sure he's fine. Like Footloose or Mac and Me. Hello, assistance, please! Admit it. You miss this kind of stuff. Yeah, maybe a little. I couldn't help but to think just how beautiful she was. You're doing something different with your hair? Even with all that radioactive soil falling around. The tales of Hank Gray and his time in Dreamland. Look, I'm going to go take a nap. But what about the eminent world destruction? It can wait. Yeah, I never should have answered that damn phone. Now look, all right, I appreciate what you're doing. But we can't have giant green fireballs out in the middle of the desert at night. People are looking. Now this was a delicate situation. Yeah, you should have seen this coming. Transmission from Phantasmagoric Oddities Emporium Uncharted Realms. Terminated. Have a nice day.